appendix part five of the world as will and idea volume two by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine appendix criticism of the kantian philosophy part five it is astonishing how kant without further reflection pursues his way following his symmetry ordering everything in accordance with it without ever taking one of the subjects so handled into consideration on its own account i will explain myself more fully after he has considered intuitive knowledge in a mathematical reference only he neglects altogether the rest of knowledge of perception in which the world lies before us and confines himself entirely to abstract thinking although this receives the whole of its significance and value from the world of perception alone which is infinitely more significant generally present and rich in content than the abstract part of our knowledge indeed and this is an important point he has nowhere clearly distinguished perception from abstract knowledge and just on this account as we shall afterwards see he becomes involved in irresolvable contradictions with himself after he has disposed of the whole sensible world with a meaningless it is given he makes as we have said the logical table of judgments the foundation stone of his building but here again he does not reflect for a moment upon that which really lies before him these forms of judgment are indeed words and combinations of words yet it ought first to have been asked what these directly denote it would have been found that they denote conceptions the next question would then have been as to the nature of conceptions it would have appeared from the answer what relation these have to the ideas of perception in which the world exists for perception and reflection would have been distinguished it would now have become necessary to examine not merely how pure and merely formal intuition or perception a priori but also how its content the empirical perception comes into consciousness but then it would have become apparent what part the understanding has in this and thus also in general what the understanding is and on the other hand what the reason properly is the critique of which is being written it is most remarkable that he does not once properly and adequately define the latter but merely gives incidentally and as the context in each case demands incomplete and inaccurate explanations of it in direct contradiction to the rule of descartes given above for example at page eleven verse twenty four of the critique of pure reason it is the faculty of principles a priori but at page two ninety nine verse three fifty six it is said that reason is the faculty of principles and it is opposed to the understanding which is the faculty of rules one would now think that there must be a very wide difference between principles and rules since it entitles us to assume a special faculty of knowledge for each of them but this great distinction is made to lie merely in this that what is known a priori through pure perception or through the forms of the understanding is a rule and only what results from mere conceptions is a principle we shall return to this arbitrary and inadmissible distinction later when we come to the dialectic on page three thirty verse three eighty six reason is the faculty of inference mere judging page sixty nine verse ninety four he often explains as the work of the understanding 
now this really amounts to saying judging is the work of the understanding so long as the ground of the judgment is empirical transcendental or metalogical essay on the principle of sufficient reason section thirty one thirty two and thirty three but if it is logical as is the case with the syllogism then we are here concerned with a quite special and much more important faculty of knowledge the reason nay what is more on page three o three verse three sixty it is explained that what follows directly from a proposition is still a matter of the understanding and that only those conclusions which are arrived at by the use of a mediating conception are the work of the reason and the example given is this from the proposition all men are mortal the inference some mortals are men may be drawn by the mere understanding on the other hand to draw the conclusion all the learned are mortal demands an entirely different and far more important faculty the reason how was it possible for a great thinker to write the like of this on page five fifty three verse five eighty one reason is all at once the constant condition of all voluntary action on page six fourteen verse six forty two it consists in the fact that we can give an account of our assertions on pages six forty three six forty four verses six seventy one and six seventy two in the circumstance that it brings unity into the conceptions of the understanding by means of ideas as the understanding brings unity into the multiplicity of objects by means of conceptions on page six forty six verse six seventy four it is nothing else than the faculty which deduces the particular from the general the understanding also is constantly being explained anew in seven passages of the critique of pure reason it is explained in the following terms on page fifty one verse seventy five it is the faculty which of itself produces ideas of perception on page sixty nine verse ninety four it is the faculty of judging that is of thinking that is of knowing through conceptions on page one thirty seven of the fifth edition it is the faculty of knowledge generally on page one thirty two verse one seventy one it is the faculty of rules on page one fifty eight verse one ninety seven however it is said it is not only the faculty of rules but the source of principles grundsätze according to which everything comes under rules and yet above it was opposed to the reason because the latter alone was the faculty of principles principien on page one sixty verse one ninety nine the understanding is the faculty of conceptions but on page three o two verse three fifty nine it is the faculty of the unity of phenomena by means of rules against such really confused and groundless language on the subject even though it comes from kant i shall have no need to defend the explanation which i have given of these two faculties of knowledge an explanation which is fixed clearly defined definite simple and in full agreement with the language of all nations and all ages i have only quoted this language as a proof of my charge that kant follows his symmetrical logical system without sufficiently reflecting upon the subject he is thus handling now as i have said above if kant had seriously examined how far two such different faculties of knowledge one of which is the specific difference of man may be known and what in accordance with the language of all nations and all philosophers reason and understanding are he would never without further authority than the intellectus theoreticus and practicus of the schoolmen which is used in an entirely different sense 
have divided the reason into theoretical and practical and made the latter the source of virtuous conduct in the same way before kant separated so carefully conceptions of the understanding by which he sometimes means his categories sometimes all general conceptions and conceptions of the reason his so-called ideas and made them both the material of his philosophy which for the most part deals only with the validity application and origin of all these conceptions first i say he ought to have really examined what in general a conception is but this very necessary investigation has unfortunately been also neglected and has contributed much to the irremediable confusion of intuitive and abstract knowledge which i shall soon refer to the same want of adequate reflection with which he passed over the questions what is perception what is reflection what is conception what is reason what is understanding allowed him to pass over the following investigations which were just as inevitably necessary what is it that i call the object which i distinguish from the idea what is existence what is object what is subject what is truth illusion error but he follows his logical schema and his symmetry without reflecting or looking about him the table of judgments ought to and must be the key to all wisdom i have given it above as the chief merit of kant that he distinguished the phenomenon from the thing in itself explained the whole visible world as phenomenon and therefore denied all validity to its laws beyond the phenomenon it is certainly remarkable that he did not deduce this merely relative existence of the phenomenon from the simple undeniable truth which lay so near him no object without a subject in order thus at the very root to show that the object because it always exists merely in relation to a subject is dependent upon it conditioned by it and therefore conditioned as mere phenomenon which does not exist in itself nor unconditioned berkeley to whose merits kant did not do justice had already made this important principle the foundation stone of his philosophy and thereby established an immortal reputation yet he himself did not draw the proper conclusions from this principle and so he was both misunderstood and insufficiently attended to in my first edition i explained kant's avoidance of this berkeleyan principle as arising from an evident shrinking from decided idealism while on the other hand i found idealism distinctly expressed in many passages of the critique of pure reason and accordingly i charged kant with contradicting himself and this charge was well founded if as was then my case one only knew the critique of pure reason in the second or any of the five subsequent editions printed from it but when later i read kant's great work in the first edition which is already so rare i saw to my great pleasure all these contradictions disappear and found that although kant does not use the formula no object without a subject he yet explains with just as much decision as berkeley and i do the outer world lying before us in space and time as the mere idea of the subject that knows it therefore for example he says there without reserve page three eighty three if i take away the thinking subject the whole material world must disappear for it is nothing but a phenomenon in the sensibility of our subject and a class of its ideas but the whole passage from page three forty eight to three ninety two in which kant expounded his pronounced idealism with peculiar beauty and clearness was suppressed by him in the second edition and instead of it a number of remarks controverting it were introduced 
in this way then the text of the critique of pure reason as it has circulated from the year seventeen eighty seven to the year eighteen thirty eight was disfigured and spoilt and it became a self-contradictory book the sense of which could not therefore be thoroughly clear and comprehensible to any one the particulars about this and also my conjectures as to the reasons and the weaknesses which may have influenced kant so to disfigure his immortal work i have given in a letter to professor rosenkrantz and he has quoted the principal passage of it in his preface to the second volume of the edition of kant's collected works edited by him to which i therefore refer in consequence of my representations professor rosenkrantz was induced in the year eighteen thirty eight to restore the critique of pure reason to its original form for in the second volume referred to he had it printed according to the first edition of seventeen eighty one by which he has rendered an inestimable service to philosophy indeed he has perhaps saved from destruction the most important work of german literature and this should always be remembered to his credit but let no one imagine that he knows the critique of pure reason and has a distinct conception of kant's teaching if he has only read the second or one of the later editions that is altogether impossible for he has only read a mutilated spoilt and to a certain extent ungenuine text it is my duty to say this here decidedly and for everyone's warning end of appendix part five recording by expatriate in bangor maine